Welcome to the milk bar. 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 Welcome along to episode 489 of the Milk Bar. Jason Forrest here with you as ever. And coming up on the show, we'll be hearing from Consultant Mask Society about their pantomime for 2018. We'll be catching up with Spence Matthews as he tells us that one of the best dates to go on a first date will be the Bull Ring in Birmingham. A fantastic shopping centre and a nice place to relax and enjoy a first meet. We'll be joined by one of the military wives who appears on the single they've released for Armistice. And on the same subject, we'll hear from Paul Dark about the pop-up shop in the city centre in Wolverhampton and the work being done to improve the standard of the memorials around our city. We'll have music with a reworking of the Black Beauty theme and a chat with the team behind that one. And we'll have music from the Deep Pocket Thieves as well. That's all coming up on the show, but first of all... With Sleeping Beauty at the Grand Theatre from the 8th of December through to the 13th of January, the lovely Debbie McGee has a lovely role to play. How are you doing? Hello, a lovely role indeed, it is. Yeah, yeah. so the lovely Fairy Crystal. How yes. many lovelies can we fit in in one sentence? I don't know, as many as we like. We'll see how we do. Yeah. But it's great to have you in Panto at the Grand, and it's yeah, it must be a, a fun experience doing that this time of year. Do you know, I just love Panto. It just brings me alive. Every night, I can't wait, or afternoon even, wait to walk on stage I love every minute of Panto I love this theatre the Grand Theatre in Wolverhampton is one of our most beautiful theatres in the country so I just can't wait to get going well obviously there's the rehearsing there's working out songs and dance routines because you've always been known for the moves but you've really taken to the next level with your work on Strictly in uh, in recent years and that was absolutely phenomenal as well wasn't it yeah I had the most wonderful time on Strictly I again I enjoyed every minute of it um I had trained to dance you know over 30 years ago but Strictly's kind of yeah, woken my muscles up, shall we say. <laughs> and it was a type of dance I'd never done before. So it was quite a challenge. But of course now everybody's expecting me to do a bit wherever I go. So. It's, it's compulsory in Tesco's or, yes, or your favourite exactly. supermarket, whichever. Tang- I tango down the aisles these days, Jason. <laughs> you know, I do don't it. mind. <laughs> <laughs> but on, on top of all that, you've had a really busy year, haven't you? I have, yeah. I've done all sorts of exciting programmes. I did a boating programme on canals where I was on a boat with the actor Nigel Havers. I walked this pilgrimage i saw the pilgrimage one that was fantastic and that must have been such hard work oh it really was there's nothing to you either how do you keep going with all this i eat a lot and i really (laughs) do yeah i'm a real grazer Mm -hmm. uh so on the pilgrimage i think what kept me going especially walking the pyrenees in 48 hours that was tough yeah but i was with such a mad lovely group of people we all laughed all the time so um and cried sometimes when our feet were hurting uh but no i just i think i'm a people person as long as i'm with good people i have a good time. Oh, it's going to be a great bunch uh, for Christmas. Now, the, the one to watch out for is Doreen Tipton. Have you noticed she's a little bit lazy? I have noticed she's a bit more than a little bit lazy, <laughs> and I've been warned that I might get a bit of slack from her. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I'm watching out. Okay, you keep an eye on that one. And, of course, the, the rest of the cast is absolutely fantastic. Ian Adams is the best panto dame in the country, and so it must be great working with someone like him. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, you know, from the moment we all met for the first time, we just had the greatest time. We just got on immediately. So, I, you know, we're all smiling, having a happy time already. So <laughs> the panto's just going to be an extension of that. And have you worked with Sooty before? I have worked with Sooty before. That's good. You're ready for this one. Yes, I am. And Did I, he get his I, water pistol out? 
No, but he threw a pizza at my late husband, <laughs> oh, Paul dear. Daniels. I remember seeing that. Causing a bit of... Well, no, he didn't cause damage, but it went in Paul's eye. Oh. So, yeah, so he owes me one. Okay, so uh, you, <laughs> so you can sort that out. one out. Yes, be careful, Sooty. And with everything that goes on in Panto, it is about entertaining family audiences, and you've done that on TV for probably more yeah. years than you care to remember. But I know in, in, in my youth, the great time we had watching all of that, and it's just going to spill over into Panto on stage at the Grand. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I just love performing for people and the fact that Panto, it's Christmas, it's the whole family, it suits every single age group and even the teenagers get dragged out to watch it and think they're not going to enjoy it but once they get there they do. I, I just love it. And especially if there's a teenager in the front row that's determined not to smile, <laughs> they're the ones to crack. Okay, you, you can get them sorted out. And, of course, we had the, the press launch with the press photos today. And you get a wand and wings. What more could you ask for? What more could a girl ask for? I agree. Yes, I, one day I'll fly away. <laughs> well, you never know. That, that could happen. We'll see whether you're in the air during yeah. the panto. But it's going to be great stuff on stage. It is Sleeping Beauty in Wolverhampton's Grand Theatre from the 8th of December through to the 13th of January. 01902 one to the box office number or grandtheatre.co.uk to get your hands on tickets that way but Debbie lovely to see you and we're very much looking forward to seeing you at Christmas and throughout December into January for the Panto you too Jason
With the 100th anniversary of the end of hostilities in the First World War, Remembrance Sunday is more poignant than ever this year. To mark the event, the Military Wives Choirs are releasing a double A-sided single featuring the Poppy Red and We Will Remember Them. To tell us more from the Stafford branch of the Military Wives Choir, I'm joined now by Ruth Godber. Hello to you. Hello. A massive amount of work being done by the Military Wives Choirs to mark this and the single is the pinnacle of all of this. You must be really proud to be part of it. Yes, definitely. It's it's such a privilege to um, be part of such a, a amazing, amazing thing, yeah. Now, you are a music teacher, your husband is a medic in the army, and you actually started out in Suffolk as your home, but uh, you now find yourself up in Stafford as part of uh, the the work that's been done with your your husband's military service, I take it? Yeah, so we've been in Stafford for um, three years now. Um, We've actually recently moved up to Preston, but there's no military-wise choir there. So um, because of my work, I actually managed to travel down to um, Stafford each Wednesday and I'm still singing with the ladies there. So, And it must be an amazing experience bringing all this together. And I, I should think it's, it's a good focus because when uh, the family are away, often in war zones, I, I mean, it can be quite difficult. And the support network you must have as part of that must be a really important part of the choir itself. Yeah, definitely. Even when they're not in war zones, when they're off on exercise or on various other deployments that they have, it makes such a difference for us to have that friendship and that support from the other ladies. I'm one of the few that doesn't have children and I find that it's it's a massive support for me because it's a way to make friends, to have people that are there for me when, when he's away which is often. <laughs> yes, it's, a, it's, it's unfortunately the way it goes. It's the nature of the job, but a vitally <laughs> yeah. important one. I mean, we as a nation are truly grateful for all that's done by our armed forces. And the the, the music that's coming out of this choir, again, it gives us something to be very much grateful for, uh, as particularly with the, the remembrance aspects of this particular release. And there's an album and a single. So uh, how did the recording come together? Because I, I take it we've got choirs from all over the country. Are there, are there different tracks by different choirs? Or is it a, an amalgamation of just voices from everywhere? So it's a mixture of both. We recorded in regions. And so the the various choirs in that region joined together and recorded. Um, So six or seven choirs um, would come together and record. And all of the regions recorded um, two songs. And then each region also recorded one other um, and some recorded an extra one as well. So a mixture of combining over a a thousand voices and then obviously having our own song that we recorded as a region, which is also very special. And there are 12 tracks on this album, so it's, it's well worth getting this and listening to it. And each of the songs has a, a relevance to this uh, anniversary of Armistice. Yes, yeah, definitely. And, yes, yeah, so poignant, and it shows it from, from our point of view as well and mm-hmm. from thinking of the women and, and thinking of what was there. Each one has got a different aspect um, and a different point of view, so thinking of... Um, the soldiers thinking of those fallen, thinking of those left, you know, thinking of of everyone, which is what makes it such an amazing album. 
And, and certainly with the military wise, an organisation which knows all of those feelings firsthand. So it is purely you know, a, a, an acknowledgement of the way things are now and looking back to all that loss over time. There is the worry for each and every one of you every time somebody has to go away to, in fact, just, just to work. And, you know, it's important that they say there was the support network there's the understanding and there is the togetherness and through uh, the purchase of this album it's going to to fund the help and assistance that is required by some of those military wives at some point and of course military husbands as well uh in their uh their, their time of, of loss or, or in need of care yeah definitely and like you said it's not always you know it's not always the wives there's obviously husbands and and there's there's all sorts of of things and ways that people get affected so it's it's that support and that help to enable people to you know continue and and to to still be able to do things you know well, the Military Wives have their website, militarywives.org. You can also find out more on Twitter at MWChoirs, Facebook forward slash Military Wives Choirs, and Instagram at Military Wives Choirs. So plenty of information. The important thing is get the single, get the album, and listen to the brilliant work of the 1,105 female voices uniting to remember 1918 through 2018, then and now. So... I know you're all really proud of the work you've done, every right to be as well. And we're going to take a listen to the Poppy Red song now. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for everything that you've done in helping to bring this album together and being part of it. Well done. Thank you very much. Thank you.
with the Remembrance and Armistice this weekend. Our thoughts turn to the memorials across our city, both indoors and out, and some of them in need of repair. To tell us more about what's going on, Paul Dark, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm good, and you've got a busy time at the moment, haven't you? I have got a busy time at the moment. We've got a pop-up shop in the Wolfram Centre opposite Iceland, which is dedicated to Wolverhampton and World War One. So we've got a uh, next week, which is from the 12th onwards, uh, the 12th, that whole week, every day at 11 o'clock, We've got a talk about Wolverhampton and World War One. Mm-hmm. That could be about the, the street shrine in Thornley Street, about all the trees that were planted in 1919 by Mayor Hen uh, to commemorate those who died in the war. And very few people know about them. And, and a guy called Jim Barrow has been done it, doing extensive research to identify where these trees are. And a lot of them are still there. Mm-hmm. And people have no idea why this tree is in their street. And it was actually planted by Mayor Hen. And obviously his great-grandson uh, runs the jewellers in the town Aha. and so it's 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 all linked yeah. and uh, so then we've got all these talks but one of the key things we're doing is we're having this crowd funder to uh, raise the funds to restore three war memorials and that's the the little lanes street shrine which used to be in little lanes it hasn't moved but mm-hmm. it's now called thornley street right because little lanes was obliterated by the creation of the ring road uh-huh. and uh, so it's it's outside it's just down the side of zorba the greeks in stafford street but you if you go and look at it it's in a terrible straight state and we're, we're raising money to restore that one and then the art gallery there's two in the basement there one was for the workers of the workhouse uh, who went to fight in the war, who died. And another one is for the Penn Golf Club that uh, doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so the money raised, we're trying to range about two two and a half thousand pounds. But the key thing about this crowdfunder is for every penny you donate, there's potentially a reward. So you get something for donating. Not only the good feeling of the fact you've helped to continue the memorial for those who lost their lives from our city. Absolutely, absolutely. So if you donate a pound, you you can there's two postcards which mm-hmm. is of the fallen which is the wolves in wolves uh, sculpture which again is relaunched on, on the 10th of november as well that's relaunched in the garden of the archive mm-hmm. a rework from that but you can have two postcards for that and if you donate a pound if you donate a fiver you get a little blue plaque that says lest we forget with, with two postcards and then it goes up to things like afternoon tea with the mayor for 20 quid. That's not that, bad. That'll be in, in the spring. Mm-hmm. You can have a backstage tour of the archive or the art gallery. Yeah. Uh, that's about £50 if you donate that. There's a cast iron mini wolf. Uh, that's £100. There's a, there's a silver pendant as well of a wolves in wolves wolf to hang around your neck. That's £150. Uh, also mini wolves and if you are feeling really really flush and i know it's over the two and a half thousand but you can actually have a wolf a large scale wolf a brand new one decorated and that if you donate ten thousand, you can have that we're probably so. talking more companies there rather than individuals unless you've got a big gap in a massive garden but <laughs> there's, there's 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 a lot of people in, Wol- in wolverhampton with money uh but we don't expect anyone to do that but but it's the smaller donations that are most important the one pound the five pound the 20 pound for the tea with the mayor and all that mm. kind of stuff and, and that's the sort of thing that the people who were actually putting these memorials up in the first place would have donated because most of these came from public funding didn't they uh, absolutely absolutely and and this one in particular, the Street Shrine, it's the last one of its kind in the area. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's quite a few still left in places like Leicester and, and over in the East Midlands, but this is the last one. And what we're trying to do is secure it and stabilise it and conserve it so that it lasts another 100 years. Because, again, 
go around and have a look at it and you'll see it's in a terrible, terrible state. And it's only for about 20 people, mm -hmm. but that was really about, it's a street shrine. The people in that street who raised money, often it was, it was basically a slum street, who raised the money to put up a memorial on the, on the wall of a house to commemorate the people of that street who died. Mm -hmm. And well, with uh, over 4,000 who lost their lives uh, in the city and wider area, and I think there's only about 1,900 of those who are actually memorialised on plaques at the moment. You know, the, the, there's a lot of names that really shouldn't be forgotten. We really need to remember these people. Absolutely. Uh, I think there are memorials in churches, in street corners, in parks. And, and again, like you've just said, many, many people were forgotten off of them. Because originally, when it was first started, you had to pay and then they realized that wasn't really fair or just mm -hmm. so they made it free but in that gap Some people were missed. forgotten yeah. and then people didn't realize that you didn't have to pay so they didn't submit their relatives names mm -hmm. and so but it's good that the, the there's about four four thousand three hundred i think who died from what is now wolverhampton we're putting a blue plaque up on the archive for two thousand and that was for the people of wolverhampton of what was Wolverhampton in uh, 1918 because mm -hmm. obviously that didn't include Wensfield, Bilston yeah. and Tetnall and that's now the four, four and a half thousand. Mm -hmm. So, but hopefully if you go to the crowdfunder page, well if you go to what we're also trying to do is set up a new kind of heritage website for the city called the WV Society, all one word, dot com and you'll see all the details about the crowdfunder. And once the crowdfunder's over, we're gonna start putting a whole range of stuff on there, like about the Commonwealth War Graves. Again, people think Commonwealth War Graves are in France and where all the battlefields are. There's hundreds and hundreds of them in Wolverhampton, mm -hmm. in little churches here and there. I think in St. George's in the Square, there's one. Yeah. Commonwealth Wargrave. But it's still a Commonwealth Wargrave and that'll all be documented. It's all part of this. TheWVSociety.com. Check all that out. But come along to the pop-up shop, as you say, opposite Iceland and come and see that and you can start to get an, an understanding of, of what was given by so many to look after the people of this city. Absolutely. And I look forward to seeing everybody there. Well, Doc, thanks for having a chat. Thank you. Deep Pocket Thieves have the single I Love You. We're going to take a listen to that in a moment or two's time. But before we do, let's talk to them on the phone now. Hello. Good morning. Well, hello. Hello, anyway. Yeah, we have a definite time difference because for me it's the afternoon already. So, uh, introductions, please. Let's go around the room. I'm Jimmy Ayers, and I play uh, keyboards and multi-instruments. I'm Seth. I do drums and percussion. And I'm Larie. I do violin and vocals. So, multi-talented, the lot of you, by the sounds of things, and we're going to have that proven when we hear the latest track from you in a short while's time. And, I mean, you've got an Emmy Award-winning uh, bassist with you uh, there, and uh, a great gang of uh, people putting this music together. So, how did it all start out? Oh, man, uh, I got a phone call from Jimmy Ayers one day, um, wanted to start a band to uh, play for the International Blues Challenge, and I wanted to play for the. I wanted to win the thing, so we got together and wrote some songs and and won the IBC for uh, the Mile High Blues Society. <laughs> we haven't stopped making music ever since. And then we've been writing and playing ever since then. So that was a couple years back. That's how it got together, and it's just grown from there. And it's sort of gone from strength to strength. This is, I mean, yes. just the beginning. I mean, we're a couple of years in, but this is going to be a massive project, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, we, we've got some big goals, some big plans, and, and we're writing some new music. So we've got some new hits coming for you soon. 
Okay, well, everyone will keep looking out for that. But uh, I mean, when it comes to the billing for the sound, have you have you really got a a, a pocket you can put the deep pocket thieves into? <laughs> no, you know it's hilarious. People try to classify us. They say they're blues, but they're country, but they're rock, but they're gospel, but you know, but they're funk, but they're hip hop, and it's it's like you know we're just we're. We're a melting pot of styles. We just we love so many different types of music. You know, we play and we've played so many different types of music for so many years that we just kind of took those different styles and mashed them together and thought, hey, let's just make something we want to listen to. Yeah, with slide guitar and violin on each of your tracks, it's going to be something slightly different to whatever else is out there, even just from the beginning, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It shocks a lot of people when they see me come through with a big afro and, a, and an electric violin. <laughs> I'm already liking that image, so that works for me. So, what's what is going on then? I mean, you mentioned there's more music to to come, and there's 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 a lot of uh, different takes on on each of the tracks that you produce. But is there a can we expect a global tour? Will we see you in the UK performing soon? Oh man, uh, that's our dream. We're we're in the works right now, trying to figure out, you know, exactly where we're gonna go and uh, how long we're gonna be there. So if anybody really wants us, contact us because we want to come. You know. Yeah, we'd really like to come come over in spring, summer, however we could do it. We'd love to to come to the UK, and um, that's our plan. To goal is to go over there. And we're really excited that people uh, in the UK and, and all over Europe right now are enjoying our music. So we'd like to connect with those fans and, you know, meet them and, and you know, see what our sound is doing for them, you know, how it's affecting them. But it's not only your sound, it is about the look as well. I mean, you've already mentioned, uh, you know, storming on stage with, uh, with the electric violin, but it, the, the, the dress sense, the, the way in which the whole style of the band is put together. Again, you're very unique in your approach to all of this. Oh, yes. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things um, that we enjoy, you know. We're, we're very unique individuals, each of us, and, and so we try to do our best to incorporate that not only uh, in our sound but also in our style. Uh, we're, also, we're all uh, often referred to as gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, the single is going to do great things, I'm sure. Uh, where can people get that, and where do we find you on the socials? com, and then we're also available on CD Baby and whatever other... CD Baby, Spotify, Spotify. Apple Music, iTunes. But the uh, the, the best way would be to, to go to the um our website, and then that shows different ways to uh, approach that. Bit of link clicking, look at some photos, enjoy the music, uh, and make the most of the entity that is Deep Pocket Thieves. Thank you. <laughs> we'll give it a go. Right, so the single is called I Love You. We're going to take a listen to that now. But uh, I, I, I think we ought to get just closing thoughts from each of you as you head towards the, the, the song and what's coming up. Any uh, words of wisdom for us uh, as we uh, listen to the music? Just enjoy the groove. We've all worked very hard on it. We all feel it deep in our souls. and. We'd like to pass that along to everyone. And also remember, it doesn't matter who you are or, or who you love. You know what I'm saying? We love the people we love and and, and the, the things that we love and the places we love because they're special to us. And that's what I Love You is all about. It doesn't matter if your breath stinks or if your hair is crazy or <laughs> what you look like. You know what I mean? It, I love you. And and it, you're, you're 
idiosyncrasies are just beauty to me. You know what I mean? Uh, well, you may still end up buying them some Colgate and a hairbrush for Christmas, but other than that, it'll all be good. Deep Pocket Thieves, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Let's take a listen to the single and check out more at deeppocketthieves.com. But thanks again for now. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. shows the most important factor in modern dating is usually where the date occurs. Uh, to tell us more about this and some other interesting moments in the survey, I'm joined now by experienced data Spencer Matthews. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, mate. I'm not sure about the experienced data bit, but well, I'll certainly uh, I'll chip in. I, I, was, I was intrigued by this one because it's not really... You have experience of dates, but you don't want to claim to be going on one every other week, do you? Otherwise, it's pretty much a, a failure rather than uh, something that's going to plan. But, Absolutely. You're clearly not doing a great job if, yeah, you're, if, but, you, if you keep circling back. You have been on dates. You have been successful. That's always a good start, isn't it? 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm married now, and we've got a two-month-old boy, uh, and uh, life is just bliss. But uh, yeah, I just agree. I've been looking at the polls, and I just agree with uh, the first, um, with the location being very important. It seems that you know a lot of people struggle on first dates, and uh, I think there are ways around it. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's things out there which can make dating rather more troublesome, including catfishing and ghosting. And and it, it, catfishing is one where someone pretends to be somebody else, but when you actually turn up on the date and it's someone entirely different, that's going to be a problem, isn't it? Yeah, well, I suspect so. You know, long gone are the days it seems when you could just see someone in like a bar or a restaurant and walk up to them and and give them your number. You know, now it's all swiping left and right, and you don't really know who you're swiping. And this other one, this ghosting. What? Tell me about about this one. I'm not. I'm. I'm in no. By no means a ghosting professional, but I presume <laughs> it must mean uh, when someone doesn't turn up. Would that? Would that? Be ah, it? that could well be. Yeah. So that they're getting, that's going to mess a date up significantly, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I. I. I myself have missed uh, all of this. By the way, I, I'm 30 now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, as I say, happily married. So I can't say I've ever been a victim, uh, uh, or, or or have ever been accused of ghosting. Um, seems a new thing. But the, the location, as you say, is important, and whether it be a restaurant, a bar, or a coffee shop, the, these sort of things are, are, are pretty much standard, but are, are there any more intriguing places where people have gone on these dates to make it successful? Well, I, I personally just believe that, you know, if, if, you're, if you're sat in a restaurant and you've never met the person before, and, and you know, early days it doesn't go well, uh, you're kind of stuck there, you know, and uh, a bar is similar, although you can obviously get out and a coffee is, is kind of could be seen as very casual. <laughs> um, what's wrong with a shopping center? I think I think I think a shopping center is a good option, you know, because if you're worried about safety uh, or, or, you know, you, you're exposed, you're open, there's a lot of people around you. So nothing nothing could happen to you. You know, if you're a parent like I am now and you have a young girl, say, who, who wants to go out on a date, you know, you can pretty much rest assured that she'll probably be safe uh, in a shopping center. Also, there's tons on, you know, loads of stuff you can shop. There's spas, there's climbing walls and some of these things. There's you know, cinema, there's, there's loads of restaurants. There, there's just stuff to do. I feel as though, you know, if, if it says here that, over 54% of people are very nervous on first dates. And I just think giving yourself something fun to do might lighten the load because, you know, sitting opposite someone and being on good form for two hours is quite difficult even for the most confident of people. And you might get to know somebody a bit better when you are going around shopping with them and if you're in a shopping centre. Now, you can go and have a a little bit of a treat too and and take the pressure off. But kissing as well, I mean, this is a big part of uh, of dating and it's not happening until the second date in a large number of cases. I mean, is that that how you would behave? I can imagine you're always the gentleman. Yeah, well, you know, you always try and be a gentleman. Obviously, I took part in a kind of television series which promoted drama and was fueled by uh, kind of dating drama and, and, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, outside of work, yeah, always be a gentleman. Good manners are vitally important. A uh, good sense of humour is, is up there at 62%, manners at 44 And having the same life goals is at 23% in this survey. So it, it's about getting to know somebody rather than just the superficial stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously uh, that initial attraction is important, but, you know, part that's that's all that these dating apps offer. You can read a bio on someone, but, you know, it's how it comes across when, when you're actually together. You're up in Wolverhampton, are you not? We are, yeah, and uh, just down the road, which is the Ball Ring, of course, a fantastic shopping centre if you want to go I, out I on, on a bit of a posh date. 
I couldn't think of a better name for a shopping centre than the Bull Ring. It sounds very adventurous. You know what I mean? If you, if you want to go on a date, it's the type of place that Antonio Ben Barras might take you, you know, just down to the Bull Ring for, for the afternoon. You think that that would work? And as I said, there's some top name shops. I mean, yeah, you being a bit of a socialite, you're going to enjoy some of the big stores that are over that way? Yeah, I just think it's 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 just a it's just an easy day, you know. If if you walk past a shopping centre and you've got a spare hour, it, it's it's it, I always have fun in shopping centres just because, you know, I I I don't know. Is it weird to enjoy a shopping centre? I'm think not it's sure, normal. but. You know, I just think you know that everything you'd ever want is in a shopping centre. So, but you know, but I used to live in the English countryside, and if you want something, you've got to go miles and miles, you know, to a shopping centre. And here, they're all readily accessible, kind of in, in the UK. And and if you if you need anything, um, it's it's a good place to start. But also, I just feel as though you know, the shopping centres are often full of wonder, and it's just a great place for a first date. Find somewhere. It's it's nice and central. You can get from Wolverhampton to Birmingham on the uh, on the train, and somewhere big and busy like the Bullring, as you say, is a great safe place for your first date. And it's it's a if that it does turn into ghosting or that you don't like the look of the person when they turn up because they're nothing like the profile picture they sent you. You can just go on off and have a, a little rent, look around Selfridges and be quite happy on your own. Exactly. Lo- yeah. Lots of uh, lots of escape routes if necessary, and also let's not forget the mandatory selfie with the bull. Okay. Well, I think that is important too. I like the idea of that one. That's a bit got, of a giggle. Got to do it. You yeah. got to do it. I, I, I almost feel like a trip down myself just for a selfie with the bull. I feel particularly left out down here in London. Well, I tell you, nip along. Bring a. You can go and get some presents for the wife and the kids, and uh, have a great time doing a bit of shopping in the Midlands. I think that would work particularly well. Sounds good to me, mate. Where can we find out more information about all of this? Uh, just on the Shopping Centre's website. So, uh, ballring.co.uk. Have a pop along there. Find about the great stuff. And if you, if you are trying to set up a date, just send them the link to the Shopping Centre and go, choose where you want to meet me in here. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, people need to just be casual with stuff. I think, you know, so many people try to be funnier or, or, or different to how they normally are. Um, and, you know, all these rules about, you know, how long to leave a message or, you know, what to do, what not to do. Just arrange to meet someone somewhere nice and public and local if you're worried about safety. Be yourself. If it doesn't work out, plenty more fish in the sea. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you know, it's about finding that right person for you because they will be out there somewhere, won't they? Exactly. Spencer Matthews, thank you for joining us. Cheers, mate. Have a nice day. Now, the theme tune to Black Beauty is something that everybody must have in their heads, and we often sing along to it whenever we hear it. Somebody who's been working with the composer of that, Dennis King, on a brand new version of the track is the one and only Sarah Aiden. Hello. Hello. Hi. Nice to talk to you. Good to talk to you. And obviously, you've been working with Dennis on Love Is In The Room, an absolutely brilliant album. I have listened to that several times. Absolutely fantastic work from oh, the both wonderful. of you. And beautiful to listen to. You have an amazing voice. But when we had a chat with Dennis, he gave us some of the story about how you two guys got to work together. But uh, do recap some of that for us. So we just came together and it's been absolutely brilliant working with him, I think, hasn't it? It really has. It was a complete moment of fate. Uh, We were both on a cruise last year. Um, Dennis was on doing a a talk about um, a show, actually, and a talk about lyric writing and all of his varied career. It was really fantastic, quite amusing. And I was on with um, a vocal group, Uh, called Access All Arias, and we were headlining. And um, Dennis came to see the show and invited us to the bar afterwards, as one does. (laughs) And um, we just got on like a house on fire from the word go. We had lots of mutual friends in the industry. And before long, he sort of said, well, who wants to have a sing? (laughs) Literally at the piano. And um, so we all went, yes, yes, yes. 
um, I particularly connected with him. I drew. I grew up in a, a very uh, a household of jazz music. My dad was a trumpet player with the Royal Artillery, actually, and so I was, you know, dragged up on Count Basie and Sam Kenton and, and all the kind of era that that Dennis was involved with. You know, so we knew all of the same songs, and it just sort of grew from there. And as as we both left the ship, kept in touch, and I cheekily emailed him and said, "Well, it seems to me you need a." Dennis King's songbook or some kind of collaboration <laughs> with maybe a maybe a concert artist I don't know what it is. So, and um, to my absolute surprise and delight he replied saying well I think that rather appeals but so we kind of went from there and I drove up to Suffolk and we started looking at all the material that he's written over the years and that's how that's how the album came about so it's been really amazing to work with him he's worked with so many people and i know you're you're you count yourselves as lucky to be uh, uh, among them and so many names uh, yeah, from the likes of frank sinatra dudley moore he's they have performed yeah. his his works uh, there's so many tv themes i mean the list goes on and on it includes dame edna everage as well you know there are all sorts of exactly. people on this list howard keel nina simone and it's amazing to see who he's worked alongside worked with, uh, has written music with and for. And then, of course, though, the track that he's most known for is a theme tune to The Adventures of Black Beauty. When we were doing PR for the, for the album, so many people obviously wanted to talk to him about Black Beauty because that's what he's famous for. And um, just so many people say, oh, you know, I'd love to hear a, a recreation of it. Are you thinking of doing anything else again? And, and so... It really came out of that, and he said, well, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should, re you know, revisit it. Now he's got this new lineup that just, it all works, it's, you know, not just Dennis and I, two other fabulous musicians that are on the album, you know, obviously you've heard the bass player and the drummer, and they're both fantastic musicians, they're at the top of their game, and it's just so lovely working together from an organic point of view, everybody's, there's no one with a massive ego, and so it kind of felt natural to do Black Beauty with them. Well, let's try this lineup. There's no lyrics. <laughs> well, ah. actually, there are lyrics. There are lyrics written mm -hmm. by an incredible writer called Dick Vosborough, sadly no longer with us, but he wrote it and it has been performed by Ronnie Corbett. Um, but the lyrics aren't going to be on the new release because it was very much a comedy, a comedy piece. And this one, he's just given. You know, Dennis and I have worked together to to create something that we think is sort of new and fresh it's got a jazzy feel but i'm singing more instrumentally mm -hmm. in my other life and my day job i sing on um, film soundtracks and i'm a, quite a high soprano <laughs> so i thought wouldn't it be fun to have a kind of soaring instrumental line on this incredible jazz trio so that's that's what we've done yeah, because yours is the sort of voice that can can make a scene absolutely uh, startling, scary, fun, whatever it needs to be, with appropriate oohs and o's and wahs. And I can't recreate that in any way at all. But if you were to do it, you'd probably shatter glass around you when you want to. <laughs> but so so you've got this sort of musicality that that your voice is, is in fact everyone's voice is an instrument. Mine is one that's out of tune. Yours is one that works wonderfully, and you can do this sort of thing and sort of bring something to life in in such a different way. Yeah, and I think it's sort of the tracks ended up sounding quite filmic, I think, because of that. You often hear high soprano lines on, on lots of Hollywood movies, which might be me, or might be some other wonderful sopranos that also work uh, with me. And it's just, it is quite um, evocative, and you can create so many different emotions with that. So I'm hoping that, you know, that's what we're going to bring to this a wonderful tune. 
at Dennis wrote all of, all of these years ago. Well, we'll take a listen to that now, but this is actually out very, very soon, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's out next week on the 12th of November, and it's going to be available on iTunes as a digital download. So look out for that one. We just basically search for Black Beauty 2018. Is that the best way of getting hold of it? That's the, that's the title, Black Beauty 2018. Well, a, a loving recreation of a song which is in so many people's minds and psyches already. Sarah, thank you for joining us. We'll take a listen to it now. And uh, But thank you to both Dennis and yourself and the rest of the team working on this one for bringing it to life. As we head from November into December, Codswell Dramatic Society are on stage once more with Cinderella. It is their panto for 2018, and they're with me now. Hello! Hello! It's only three of the number, though I've got two of the most important ones and the guy who wrote, uh, co-wrote it, so that all yeah. helps, doesn't it? It's all opinion. Yeah, so we'll see how we do. <laughs> right, so let's start at this end. You are Cinderella. Uh, Real name, please. Laura. Laura, hello. Good to meet you. Hello. Andy, who are you? I'm the co-writer and co-director. All right. And I'm Tom? Tom, and I'm Buttons. Okay, so you've got that kind of Buttonsy look about you. What's, what's a button? Is that a um, no, no, it definitely isn't a compliment, no. <laughs> De- definitely daft. <laughs> yeah. Simple. Yeah. Well, if you, what do you want to say that that's fine? Oh, yeah, I've said it now. I'd say hilarious and, and, gra- uh, yeah, and, and, and always the life and soul of any party. I'd say so. Would you? Oh, yeah, yeah. thank you very much. That so, works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, why Cinderella this year? Uh, we, we sort of do 
different plays on a sort of rolling kind of basis and it was one we hadn't done for a while so uh, me and the other co-writer sort of took the script uh, rewrote it and made it our own yeah because the thing is whatever you do in Panto you've got to get a little bit of the year you're in in it yes definitely and of course you can choose some great music that's been yeah. around and about so that helps too yeah. and uh, what, what little bits can you tease us with can we expect some good gags that are topical there's definitely a lot of topical gags in there um, a lot of topical songs um, one of the things we do for the kids is a new song that's around at the moment called Baby Shark. Oh, but that's it's fantastic. I do like a bit of Baby Shark. So that's <laughs> great. Do you like Baby Shark? I, do, I, I, I can do most of the actions and everything. Oh, well, we'll teach you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, not now. <laughs> maybe, maybe later. We'll wait until the panto itself. Yeah. So when you come and see it, you must join in. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably not. I'm, shy, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing that bit. I'll okay. be watching. I've got, got a nasty feeling I'm going to be dragged out for that, but, but there we go. So that's going to be great. And what else can we expect to see? We've done a lot of sort of the sort of update, up-to-date gags. We've tried to make it slightly different than we normally do it. Yeah. Um, a lot more physical humour, a lot more sort of verbal comedy as well. Mm-hmm. I think when you come to watch one of our pantos, you don't. You could watch Cinderella or, or any other panto in four or five different settings and in different places, but you'll always get something different. There's yeah. always something different from what's. Um, you know Cinderella is going to go to the ball, there's going to be a glass slipper. You get some fantastic frocks. Yeah. Some quick changes. Very. <laughs> and some uh, amazing fun times. Yeah. And, and the snogger prince. I do, I actually get yeah. to yeah. kiss, I do. Yeah, so you get it all. I mean, obviously, Buttons left out. Yeah, one, well, one. madly in love with Cinderella. Really. Left out as always. Doesn't quite get the girl. Yeah, but, uh, but just like life. Well. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, that all said, yes, you're going to get the traditional story, you're going to get some good fun along the way. And around all of this, there's going to be yeah, kids' competitions and all sorts, isn't it? Because yeah. Cod's already got a town on making panto for the family. Yes, we do. Uh, we produce what we call a colouring competition that's available to download from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids bring those along to the performances, already sort of coloured in. They'll put them in a box at the sort of the entrance and then during the interval they get chosen who's winning so Um, do do you guys get to get involved in the choosing as well or does the committee do that when you're not looking it's basically whoever's around normally in the kitchen at the time okay so the kitchen staff so (laughs) when when you go and get your your tea and whatever else beforehand make sure that you you, you say hi to the kitchen staff and tell them which your kid is and and how great they are an artist Uh, and then the winners actually get announced as part of the performance and that is really nice isn't it because they they are there they're all having a great time and it really adds to the evening for everyone they are part of the show aren't they yeah it is just the whole town, really. That could, we, we, we're all over Codsall, and um, a lot of a lot of Codsall do come and watch it. And it is a, it is a big community feeling, and having that in the community is brilliant every year. Yeah, it's great. It's all part of the work that Codsall do. Whether with any play that you put on, whether it's one of the more serious ones or the light-hearted. You, you can cover it all yeah. and you do such a great job with them. It's always great to see the work you guys put on stage. Well, the thing is as well, it, what's different from ours from other sort of children's plays and pantomimes is the fact that we perform in the middle of the stage and the audience has actually sat around us. Yeah, it's quite well, intimate, isn't it? Yeah. 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 You're never too far. From so we get the audience fully involved in everything. Um, and it's always good fun. Yeah, they're virtually on the stage. It's going to be absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Right, so we've got a lot of dates. It's all spread over a couple of weeks, isn't it? So it all starts on the 28th of 29th. November. 29th. 29th, I was close. 29th of November. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, it runs uh, the 29th, the Thursday, the 30th, the Friday, uh, the first, uh, the Saturday. But that's a, it's a two show on that one. And yeah. It's one in the matinee, and that's half two. And the evening one's on at half six. Okay. Um, 
but then on the on the evening ones of the Thursday and Friday, they're half seven performances. So, so don't think, come don't the, come an hour early. No, but check the well, unless you want to buy tea and coffee and get your colour <laughs> yeah. and competition early. Exactly. But check then, the website for all this. You'll be able to do all yeah. that too. But we'll give you that in a minute. But it's, also, it's the then it's the following week, the Thursday, Friday, and the two on the Saturday, the sixth, seventh, and the eighth. Um, again, the, there's a matinee on the Saturday at half two. And the, the Saturday evening performance on that one is also at half six as well. Okay, so half six and a half two on a Saturday, yeah. and then the others half seven, 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 half yeah. seven. Yeah. So that's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Started on the 29th, 30th, and then the first. Yeah. And then it's the sixth, sixth, sixth seventh, seventh, and eighth. eighth. I love it when it when a plan comes together. That's brilliant. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be great fun. You, it's going to be a brilliant panto. What is the website so we can find out more? It's codsymptomaticsociety.co.uk. Simple as that. And of course, nipple onto Coswell Village Hall where it's all happening and, yeah. uh, and, and get involved in anything that's going on down there. Yeah, yeah. you can find us on Google, Facebook, um, Twitter as well now if anyone, anyone tweets. Um, yeah. But we're, we're all over and everything, we, we, we share everything and we're quite easy to find. And there's posters and flyers all, all around sort of Codsell and surrounding areas. So. Um, yeah, but we're never too far away. No, absolutely. Godswood Dramatic Society do brilliant work. Break a leg, have a great time, Thank you. and make Christmas special for all those families <laughs> that come and see you. We will do. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> That's a lot for this week. Thank you so much for joining us back with episode 490 next week. I'll see you then. Ta-ra for now. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah. Goodbye from the milk bar, yeah.